0: You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 111. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey, moms, are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired and how those skills can be worth $45 an hour instead of the $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work? If so, then the Your Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward in your tech career. It's like no other membership program available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking. Not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as I walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at uartechy.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. Hello, and welcome to the UR Techie podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Toomey. Excited to be with you here today to talk about the ins and outs of product. Ah, yes, product. If you clicked on this and you're like, what is she talking about, but product? You're in the right place. And if you know what product is a little bit, I'm gonna dive into some different aspects of it. And of course, tie it into your job search. What exactly do we mean when we say product. What about if we read it in a job posting? Does that confuse us? And if it doesn't confuse you or you're not sure why it's important, I'm going to dive into why if you want to be a great technologist, this is a term you want to know. Okay. So in software, when we say product, we mean software. (laughs) It sounds really easy but it gets complicated. A software, you know, could be a SaaS or an app, but just some type of software. And we know that software is code, but we need a word to differentiate where one software starts and another one ends. And as an end user, that can sound a little bit obvious, pretty definitive. For example, if you have been around a computer in the last 20 years, you've probably used Microsoft Word. And you know that's a different product than Microsoft Excel. But let me ask you this question. What about the features within that software? So say copy, pasting, typing, printing. These are all the same features and they're in both software. But why do we accept that the same features will go into different software? Let's think about that. We don't really question whether Word and Excel should be different products, do we? Most of us probably don't. We just accept this is the way the product is. And we don't really question like, hey, is Microsoft trying to cheat us? Because I can copy paste in Word and I can copy paste in Excel. Mm, Probably not. We're probably not thinking that. But when you're creating a product... It's not really as definitive as you think. I don't know the story behind Word and Excel, but someone probably started doing a bunch of features in Word and realized, hey, this is getting too big. We need to move these features to another software because it's going to do something different. And so when you're creating software, it's really more like a cloud. The edges get really fuzzy. It's not quite as definitive. As opposed to when you're an end user, we don't really question. We just think, okay, well, this is the way the software was created. I can think of Venmo. That's how I pay my babysitters, right? So Venmo, it just does it this way. Well, should it do other things? Does it do too many things? Who's to say? Well, the designer is. (laughs) That's who says. Um, And the team. So the users of the product and the problem they are trying to solve with that product are the biggest determining factor for when one software becomes another or three or four. You can see where saying no and eliminating now becomes a very important aspect of product design and product management. So I'm reading this great book by April Dunford called Obviously Awesome. And it's about positioning stick with me i'm going to explain why this matters and why it's interesting to you and i think you should pick up april's book i'm reading it on kindle version positioning is how you talk about the unique attributes of your product sure you might have a crm but how does your crm solve a problem for your users that your competitors doesn't and if it doesn't then why would someone want to buy it right it has to have unique attributes Understanding the unique attributes of your product can help clarify what your customers come to you for and therefore what features should be the priority. Sometimes that means improving a feature or upgrading it or iterating on it on existing features that you already have. But other times it means eliminating a feature altogether. It means eliminating a feature from the pipeline, which is the ones you will build or from the ones you've already built. And that's really hard to do if you've sunk a lot of resources into it. People put a lot of time and energy and effort into creating a feature and then you decide, hey, you know, what actually this is confusing the users more than it is helping them. That's a very hard thing to do emotionally for people working on it. So listen to what April says about positioning and then we'll circle back to product and to design. Articulating value takes the benefits one step further, putting benefits into the context of a goal the customer is trying to achieve. Okay, now you can probably see from that definition how closely linked the user's experience with the software, the problem they are trying to solve, is positioning is generally the intersection of product and sales, but design can benefit from a strong positioning message because it's one more point of communication that can get everyone on the same page in terms of serving the customer. And make no mistake, when salespeople go out to sell the product, they get feedback from users when users say yes, or they say no, or they say, I don't quite get it. That can be put into your user research. And it's not like, sales should be the input, and then design should take that information. Design should do user research, but it's a cyclical process. You can keep getting clarity and defining really why your customers are coming to you. So you have a general idea of why you do it, but maybe they have a different idea. I'll go back to Venmo. Venmo was created for when a couple of friends, two or more friends, were at a restaurant at a table, which uh, that doesn't happen that much in the current day. And one friend didn't have cash, but they wanted to pay the other one for the bill or they each wanted to pay the bill separately. It was really an experience of not wanting to have to ask someone for money because in Venmo, you can say, hey, you owe me this amount. It was to maybe help them sort it out. Well, for me, and and I know for a lot of people, I love paying my babysitters that way because the pain point for me was going to the ATM and trying to get the right change or, or I'm always paying them more because it, the hours don't line up. And I remember a babysitter from years ago, she said, do you have Venmo? I'm like, no, but I want it. I already know I want it because I don't want to have to go to the ATM before I come home and I'm paying you to watch the kids. And so for me, Venmo served a different problem. It served a different problem of not needing exact change. And there are many other applications for that, but really it kind of got away from that original use for it. And people used it for a number of other things. And so when you sell a product, that can be another piece to the puzzle of what to focus on in terms of design. So now let's talk about a product team. If you've heard the term product team or product lead, it's referring to the team that is working on a specific software. We also use the term agile team and an agile team is typically a product team, but it's possible, especially with the way software ebbs and flows, that an agile team may be working on multiple products. That wouldn't be the ideal situation, but that does happen because of feature creep and understanding new features are needed and not that fuzzy line of we're not sure if we just have more features or another software. So that's how sometimes a new product emerges when we're just going about the business of building a great product. And we may need to say no to a customer on a feature for our software. I mean, maybe you're getting multiple requests for features. Great software has that. They have multiple requests for a feature upgrade and the product team has to decide, do we put this into the pipeline? We're going to build it or do we say no? Well, you might have to say no because it doesn't fit the problem you're solving, but realize it could be very valuable if it were packaged into a different software. And so I'll go back to the Word Excel example, think of formulas in Excel. It's a great feature, but it's not implemented in Word. And it would really detract from the fact that it's a word processor goal at its heart. And so that's a great rationale where we use the feature of formulas in Excel. We don't really think too much about it. And we don't try to use that in Word because our brain is focused on word processing, typing, writing, copy. That's what we're using Word for. And so that's how our brain can kind of settle on, well, yeah, I can copy, paste in both and print in both. That's a feature that I want in all my products that I'm using daily, but I don't need to enter a formula into Word or PowerPoint. And I really want to draw this distinction because when we talk about positioning, we get into sales and it's very easy to think that more software means different things you can charge the user for, so more money. But in the best case, that isn't really the scenario. Products grow and shrink as the perfect fit to the user's problem gains clarity. And so understanding when it's time to say, no, we don't want to add that or that's a different product, that's a different problem that people are solving is really important and pretty tricky. I'll go to Adobe. Adobe uses the Adobe Creative Suite. And you can get a Creative Cloud account to get access to all their different software. But they do have different software for different things. And I don't know, sometimes I think those lines are a little fuzzy, but they're trying to solve really for a specific type of user and to say, you know, someone who's working on print is really doing something different than when they're doing it for the web. And we're going to make those features easier for them. So more software is not necessarily just selling. In a perfect scenario, we're really helping the user to come to our software to solve a specific problem. And only when we're sure that we can solve multiple problems well for them should we attempt to do that. Okay, real quick here, I want to remind you that we're in the world of tech. So the word product, everything I'm saying about software has to do with tech. And I say that because Oftentimes, if you're talking to someone outside of that wheelhouse, they're going to use the term product generally, especially digital products. A PDF or a course might now be a digital product, and then we shorten that word to product. So we're all in the wheelhouse of software, agile and product. And I just want to distinguish that because when you read the term product lead, that is necessarily going to be a software team pretty much all the time in that tech field. So when you're looking at a job posting, you'll see the term product team frequently in a job description that is in a tech field. Okay, you might see the term product designer instead of UX designer. There are different thoughts on this one, but I think a good way to think about that distinction is when a company hires you as a product designer, what they're saying is that they want you to think about that product holistically. And that's basically what we've been covering so far. They're not hiring you to do some isolated user flow and have you crank out Figma wireframes for it. You might do those activities, but you're really paid to think and think through the lens of how is this product serving our users? It might mean the features need a rethinking or you need to remove some type of functionality that's confusing the users until you can get it right. Ultimately. It's your job to think about how you can make the user's life easier through the product that you're solving. So, when you think about is it a UX designer or product designer, try not to get too hung up on those labels. Just understand that when we're communicating either one of those ideals, that's what our goal is. That's what we're talking about. And I think that's why we're seeing this trend towards the term product designer instead of UX designer, because we want the user to be considered through the lens of the product. We want to make sure that we're serving the user at all aspects of the product. And that can be a more global view when we're looking at how we're really solving the user's problems, where some people, and it's not necessarily true, think of the UX more as the flows. We've already have them. We've already thought them through. We assume that we're right. When we think about product, we're going to assume, hey, where do we need to make adjustments or make changes? Or is there a new feature that's more important for the user right now? But it all goes back to the user's pain and how we're addressing the most intense pain that they have, whether it's with our product or the problem they're solving. We want to be looking at what our users are saying and how they're giving us feedback. Going back to that positioning, looking at how those attributes of our product are really solving something in their life, like how I can pay my babysitters in Venmo and it saves me a trip to the ATM. You know, that's a big problem and a big pain that is solved for me by a piece of software. So I hope this has been helpful. I really enjoyed talking about the ins and outs of product. I think it's a great way to level up your game in terms of tech and level up your communication. So if I used any terms that you didn't understand, go ahead and re-listen to this look them up if you need to. But I hope that helps you understand where the vision is for a company who might be looking for someone to help them with their design or their development. You're going to see that term product team a lot. I hope that clarifies it for you. And I'm just so grateful that you stopped by today to be with me. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the You Are Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies training and never ending support to get hired. Sign up at uartechy.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com. I'll see you next time.